0: Hey everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Wild Wild What the Facts, the podcast where a few friends talk about the crazy, hilarious, and surprising things in history. I'm Lauren.
1: And I'm Jared. Hello. What is up?
0: You know, just chilling.
1: Just chilling? Yeah. Anything new and exciting happening out mm. east?
0: Is, oh, I guess I'm east of you. I was like, we're not out east.
1: Yeah, you are out east of me.
0: Um, we're thunderstorms today. That's supposed to be thunderstorms pretty much every day for the next <sighs> week and a half.
1: I miss thunderstorms.
0: Didn't you guys get snow the other day?
1: Yeah. I don't want to talk in, about that. In May. Yeah, it was it was really thick and heavy, sloppy, mm-hmm. wet snow.
0: Fun. That's yeah. what I do not miss about Utah. Like not I even mean, a little bit.
1: Don't get me wrong. It was gone the next day. Yeah. But the fact that I looked outside when I'm thinking, you know, swimming pools are opening soon, and I see yeah. snow on the ground, it's it's a little jarring. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We were had tornado warning the other day. Well, watch, not quite warning.
1: Where you so, are, that's just a tease. Yeah. They never really come. I mean, except I'm, for that one on time Lord. when it did. <laughs> it didn't go through Lawrence. It did. It went around it.
0: It went through south of Lawrence. I drive past where it went through every day on my way to work. Okay. Well. Now, I'm triangulating myself a little bit more. I live in Lawrence, guys. Find me.
1: Lawrence, Ohio.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was a fun day because I drove home from northeast of Lawrence from where I used to work. And I was listening to like some true crime podcast with like weird music in the background, kind of.
1: Now, just to make sure we're talking about the same tornado, we're talking about that rain wrapped F5 that went from Lawrence up to KCI, right?
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. It went from south of Lawrence up to KCIA, yeah so i like was driving home from northeast of Lawrence yep in a tiny tiny town and i thought i, I hit like Topeka and i thought i heard the sirens but they pause every once in a while you know
1: mm-hmm. and so
0: i had pa- like thought i heard it and paused my podcast to be like are those tornado sirens and nobody in Kansas people don't freaking respond to to, to tornado sirens they just act like everything's fine Yeah, blows my mind. And but when I paused it, so the tornado siren paused, too. So I was like, oh, this must just be my podcast making a weird sound. So I drove home for 30 miles with all the tornado sirens (laughs) around And, and maybe not quite 30, but I drove home from Topeka and I get home and I'm like, hey, those are. Oh, no, the sirens have been going off this whole time. I go inside and I'm like, hey, Trey. The sirens are going off. He's like, Yeah, they have been for a while. I'm like,
1: For a while. Oh, and
0: you're just sitting here? Like, you didn't do anything? Like, he's like, I don't I don't know. I was like, Should we move? And tor- it's tornado warning? <laughs> like, what? Yeah, so I had to take charge. And then, then his friend texted us who has a, ba- it was when we lived at our old house. So he, his friend texted us that lived like across or down the road and has a basement. So we like took the dogs there and hid in the basement.
1: Good, you had a place.
0: Yeah. And, and yeah,
1: Kansans don't care about tornado sirens. No. No. We, we and actually, two
0: weeks before that, there was one that hit five miles from my work. So, and I could see it from the window.
1: We actually go outside and look at, or look yeah. around. Like, where is it? Can we see it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that one, like on the news, they were like, the newscasters were like, use whatever language you need to to get people to take shelter. Like this tornado is no joke. it's one of the worst we have ever seen.
1: It was crazy. I was mm-hmm. freaking out. I remember my mom telling me about that, and I googled it and mm-hmm. saw it at work, and it was yeah, it was
0: yeah, because it was it was really slow moving and it was a mile wide, and it was wrapped in water Rain. funnels, yeah. yeah, so you couldn't see it. <laughs> yeah, it
1: just looked like a blur against an already blurry blur.
0: Yeah, it was just like a dark shadow coming towards. And it was Ugh. like s- pretty much standing still in tornado terms and was just like wiping things out.
1: So you should Google that, folks, if you yeah. want to see a very, very crazy tornado.
0: Mm-hmm. Tornado is very well documented, too. Yeah. 2019
1: F- rain wrapped F5. Yeah.
0: And it will scare the crap out of you a little bit.
1: As long Uh, as I lived in Kansas, I've never seen a tornado.
0: I had never seen one until two weeks before that when I had saw them five miles from my work. Yeah. And my grandpa's so cute because they're all all my family's in Utah. And he called my parents like in a panic because he saw that five tornadoes hit that day, uh, like across or around I 70. And he knows that Mm -hmm. I live like off of I 70. And so he called my parents like, Is Lauren okay? I heard there's a bunch (laughs) of tornadoes. And my mom was like, oh, the tornadoes rarely ever hit Lawrence. They usually go around it. She's probably, she's fine. Don't worry about her. And I was like, you're correct. But one actually, I work in rural Kansas and one hit five miles from my work. But thanks, grandpa, for worrying about me.
1: <laughs> that famous Toganoxy split. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I've never seen a tornado, but I was in the Great Lawrence microburst of hmm. 20, I don't know what year that was, 2005 or 6. oh it was, it, was, it was interesting.
0: Yeah. The first tornado warning I was ever in was right after I moved to Kansas and I was the manager at Chili's. hmm And a tornado hit, like, Eudora, I think, which is yeah. just outside of Lawrence. Just a small one, but we were in a warning, and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with a restaurant full of people.
1: Yeah. You, you know, you send them out to die.
0: <laughs> like, I was like, uh, what do I do? First tornado. I'm not from here.
1: <laughs> I, I, I think legally you have to kick them out because really? there's hazards if the hoods, if power goes out and the hood, something uh-huh. with the hoods. All I know is I was in somewhere outside of St. Louis. There was this ridiculous storm going on, it was monsooning. And my buddy and I took shelter, refuge in, in a McDonald's, and they mm-hmm. kicked us out because the power went out and they gave us some spiel about the hoods. Oh. So, yeah.
0: Where well, I had no direction and I was the only manager on duty. So I just panicked, trying to not let people know I was panicking for a few minutes and then it was done. So,
1: yeah, they, yeah, yeah. So, anyway.
0: I thought I was going to have to, like, take everybody into the walk-in. I like, I guess this is our tornado shelter.
1: <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah. I wouldn't have even thought about that.
0: Mm-hmm. But we didn't have to do that. It was fine.
1: Put a small child in the safe. <laughs> it's probably the safest place in the building Can't, at that point.
0: Yeah. I don't know if they would have fit in there.
1: You can take the shelves out. That's fair. Get at least one in there.
0: A very small child.
1: A very small child. <laughs> But, yeah, I we're talking about space today. Yeah. <laughs> Not, <laughs> Not tornadoes. To we just went out down a crazy rabbit hole, and I yeah. was like, what are we talking about
0: today? <laughs> yeah. So if you... Or space a,
1: space adjacent even. Yeah. Yeah.
0: If you looked into the sky a few weeks ago, when was that? Where they launched a bunch of satellites, and you could, like, see them in a row. Yeah, in I the remember sky. you sending that, yeah. It was really, really cool. A bunch of people thought aliens were coming. It was just satellites falling into orbit, pretty much. Oh, um, that kind
1: of blends in them to my story. So thank yeah, you for that. Yeah, so
0: that's kind of what gave me the inspiration for this topic. Well,
1: now, yeah, and and topic. I would like to do this again in the future and have a little bit more time mm-hmm. to research. And I yeah. did have a very different story to tell, and it's. More on the rails story to tell, mm-hmm. but it required a lot more research, and I wanted to know a lot more about it. So we should mm-hmm. definitely circle back around to okay to this.
0: Can I tell yeah. you what I almost did and didn't do? Yeah. So, when we were talking about what about like what topics we were gonna do or what stories we were gonna do, and you're like, "Oh man, I can't do Star Wars." I almost did Ronald Reagan Star Wars. Oh. Just to kind of give you the middle finger a little bit.
1: Nah, but, I would have I would have yeah. laughed. Yeah. That story's funny to me, so.
0: It is. It's actually not as funny as I wanted it to be, which is, it took more research than I wanted to do for this, but also it wasn't as funny as I wanted it to be. You
1: have to look at that in the grand scheme of everything yeah. that was going on at the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And when you add that to the pile, it was funny. <laughs>
0: I mean, the idea of the space lasers was pretty funny and like that kind of thing. But the rest of it, it was just pretty much the Space Force.
1: And it fit into the plot of Wonder Woman 1984. This is true. So there's that.
0: This is true.
1: So what did you really do?
0: Okay, so I'm going first. I researched Apollo 10. And I'm not going to tell you the rest of it until we get there. But it has something to do with Apollo 10.
1: I always just go so far off the rails. <laughs> like I'm that student where the teacher's just like, I hope he could just. Did he? Just I
0: know do- <laughs> you told me you purposely misunderstood the assignment today. So yeah,
1: I, I did it on purpose. <laughs> and in all fairness, I'll tell you what I was going to do. And if we do this again, I will definitely do it. And you're just going to be like, oh okay. okay. So continue.
0: All right. So the Apollo 10 mission was the fourth human crewed mission from the United States that traveled into space, and the second mission to orbit the moon, right? This mission lasted, that's a lot of missions in one sentence, but it lasted (laughs) from May 18th to the 26th of 1969, and the crew included john young well the clue the crew that were in space there was more people involved but we're only going to talk about these three were john young thomas stratford and gene cernan this crew was the only apollo mission that was manned by people who had been to space before so they were space veterans all three yeah. of them had been part of one of the gemini missions and all three men actually later went on to serve in other Apollo missions as well and there this was the only mission that had both like had people that continued to go into space and had gone into space before all of that so kind of a big deal
1: yeah this
0: also was the first mission I'm gonna say mission a lot and I sound I feel weird about it anyway it's fine (laughs) it's
1: fine you shouldn't have said that because now I'm gonna
0: notice now you're gonna listen hear it every time this is the first mission to have a live color video transmission from space and they like they always named their space module or lunar modules and stuff. They named theirs after Charlie Brown and Snoopy. And <laughs> it became the reason why Peanuts became the unofficial mascot of NASA for a while. That's so, really
1: interesting. That's cool. So this
0: mission had a lot behind it. The purpose was to be the quote unquote dress rehearsal for the actual moon landing that happened 3 months later. The stress rehearsal was to bring the Apollo lunar module 8.4 nautical miles, which I don't know what that means, from the lunar surface at the that point they would do a powered descent. No, at the point where they would do a They would need to do a powered descent to begin an actual landing, but they weren't going to do the actual landing. So they were going to go into the orbit and kind of refine their knowledge of the gravitational pull and what they needed to calibrate to do a guided descent for the actual moon land.
1: A nautical mile is 1.852 kilometers.
0: So they were to go 15.6 kilometers. I have that written down, but...
1: Or 1.1508 1. miles.
0: Okay. That That's how far they went. So they, this whole point was to kind of do a quick run through so that NASA could kind of nail things down so it wouldn't be messy when they actually did the moon landing, right? Makes sense. So after reaching lunar orbit three days after launch, Young remained in the command mount. Command module while, that they called Charlie Brown, while Stafford and Cernan entered the lunar module, which they called Snoopy, and it was to fly separately. Them separating made Young the first man to fly solo around the moon. So there's a lot of firsts from this, all this. And then while they were in orbit, they would survey the future Apollo 11 landing site called the Sea of Tranquility. And then they would drop the descent stage, which was, I don't know, part of their stages, and then return to the ascent stage which and return to Charlie Brown. So they had a bunch of things they had to drop. Their descent stage separation, so they, like, separated from that stage, forced the lunar module to start to roll unexpectedly because they accidentally duplicated commands into the flight computer and, like, they were rolling and rolling, and the live network broadcast caught Cernan and Stafford uttering several, several expletives before re- <laughs> regaining control of the lunar module. <laughs> Decades later, Cernan said he observed the, hor- the horizon spinning eight times over before he was able to gain control. The recordings don't really say it was a full eight times, but... He says it was, and NASA kind of downplayed it. But they were just, like, a few more revolutions from being unrecoverable, which would have then <laughs> crashed them into the moon. Yeah. <laughs> so they barely, barely got control of it. The descent stage, which they, like, dropped off of them, eventually just, like, was gone. They, don't, they didn't do anything with it. It might have crashed into the moon's surface because the moon has a weird gravitational field. Mm -hmm. But they don't know. They never tracked it. It was just gone. So once they got back to Charlie Brown, they dropped their ascent stage of Snoopy and sent it into a heliocentric orbit, which was different from anything else. And they sent it past the moon. And they didn't track that. And so it was unknown. In 2011, a bunch of astronomers were like, we should find this. And did like a search for it. And they think in 2018, or in 2019, they thought, they're 98% sure they found Snoopy, but it's just like flying into space with no crew. It's just a spacecraft with nobody on it.
1: Like that Tesla Roadster. Well, I guess <laughs> that has a crew.
0: Yeah. The ascent stages after that, they would guide and crash onto the moon instead of just letting them endlessly float into space, except for Apollo 13 because they use that to get back to Earth. But Right, right. We're not talking about that today. Nope. Okay. So after orbiting the moon 31 times, the crew made their way back to Earth, where they made the record for the fastest speed made by a crewed vehicle before they splashed down in the Pacific Ocean near Samoa. And that was May 26, 1969. So awesome. So that's lots of things happening there. Oh, yeah. Craig? Craig Nelson wrote a book called Rocket Men that said NASA took special precautions to ensure that Stafford and Cernan would not attempt to make the actual first landing. He said, a lot of people thought about the kind of people we were. Don't give those guys an opportunity to land because they might. So they only put enough tank, like fuel in the tank that if they tried to land it, they couldn't get back off. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so they were like, "All right, you, that's If you want to try it, go ahead, but you're stuck on the moon is pretty much <laughs>
1: That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah the, <laughs> the mental calculus that you would do with that, like, yeah, oh, and that's you, so awesome.
0: but I mean, they did a bunch of other cool things. They were the first for a lot of other things. And I but mean they almost still like yeah.
1: <laughs> you'd be like, well, Is I mean, can it we make it, it three months? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that's all interesting and cool, but that's not the point of my story. Because we were supposed to be talking about weird things that happen in space, right? Yeah. So let's Dark get Side to of that. the Moon. Dark side of the moon. Oh yes. So during one of their thirty one orbits around the moon, they reached the dark side of the moon. Or the far side of the moon, but yeah. So that put them far away, far enough away from the Earth that they could no longer get or receive, or like get or send transmissions or broadcasts to Earth. They didn't find
1: a transformer, by the way, folks. That movie was a lie. Continue.
0: They did not find a transformer. Was it Apollo Ten that they talk about in that? I don't know.
1: All all I know is Transformers: Dark of the Moon or Dark, Mm. whatever they call it. Yeah. There's astronauts on one of these missions that like, oh, no, it wasn't this one because they were on the moon. so they, Oh,
0: yeah. They weren't allowed to land. So it's probably, probably Apollo
1: 11. So Apollo yeah. 10 was like, oh, yeah. there's a transformer. <laughs> they and
0: found a, it. And, point, and then Apollo 11 actually, was just
1: like, oh.
0: Actually, we'll get to that.
1: Mm-hmm. Gosh, darn it. <laughs> I shouldn't have said
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it might. It might relate. <laughs>
1: Okay, keep going. So, Sorry. they
0: were completely out of reach of humans for about an hour other than each other, than the three of them. Mm-hmm. And they started to hear something really interesting. So, Eugene Cernan says, "That music even sounds outer spacey, doesn't it? You hear that? That whistling sound?" Thomas Stafford, "Yes." Cernan, "Ooh. D- J- John Young, did you hear that whistling sound too?" Cernan, yes, sounds like, you know, outer space type music. Young, I wonder what it is. Four minutes later. Cernan, boy, that music sure is weird. Young, we're going to have to find out about that. Nobody will believe us. Cernan, yes, it's whistling, you know, like an outer space type thing. This whistling music was coming through their module's radio and lasted for about an hour. And they continued to remark on it similarly to what I just read, That was the actual transcript, mind you, throughout that entire hour. And suddenly it just stopped, which was noted in the transcript as Cernan going, boy, it got quiet, didn't it? As they came back from the, uh, like, into transmission where they could reach Earth, you could hear them saying, it's unbelievable. You know, buddy. Shall we tell them about it? I don't know. We ought to think about it. So the crew didn't mention it to NASA as far as we know, because they didn't want to come off as crazy as they came back to Earth. And this flight was transcribed and then locked away for over 40 years. So you also have to remember these were seasoned astronauts. They had been to space before. They knew what sounds they should and shouldn't be hearing. So for them to be spooked was definitely something for us to think about. So maybe they found a Transformer. Here's 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 the the deal.
1: I live alone. (laughs) And I'll I'll hear some weird noises at night and stuff. And I am just I'm like, okay, you know, it's Mm -hmm. probably this, that, the other. That's fine. When you're in space.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And you had just they like had just reached the point where they couldn't get any transmissions from Earth. Like they couldn't reach ground control.
1: And I'm not saying there's something on the moon. Like Mm -hmm. But that's disturbing,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and they're um, not the only a- and, and they're not the only astronauts that report crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway,
0: yeah,
1: th- that's <laughs> keep going, keep going. I'm freaking so out over a here.
0: A few decades later, the Cassini spacecraft captured a similar mysterious transmission from Saturn, but that one they were able to have an explanation for because. They, When the charged particles move through the magnetic environment around Saturn, they're distorted and it causes odd sounds. Mm -hmm. That does not account for the sound while passing by the moon because the moon doesn't have an atmosphere or a magnetic field. So no one officially knows what caused this sound on Apollo 10. NASA has tried to say it was radio interference and that the radios on the command and the lunar modules were interfering with each other, causing Mm -hmm. it to sound like a strange sound kind of when you hold your cell phone near a speaker mm-hmm. that kind of interference and that the space music occurred when the crew separated the command module and the lunar lander and each spacecraft turned their radios on to talk to each other it's like but, some
1: weird space like some weird feedback or something yeah like that.
0: but Apollo 11 astronaut Michael Collins wrote in his book that he had heard a similar noise when he was on the back side of the moon And he said it was certainly a strange noise in a strange place. But when the Apollo 11's lunar module landed, the noise stopped. Huh. Mm. Apollo 15's astronaut Al Warden admits that if he had heard that same music, he would have freaked out. (laughs) And (laughs) he said his quote was, Apollo 10's crew was very used to the kind of noises that they should be hearing. Logic tells me that if there was something recorded on there, then there was something there. So we have another astronaut that's like, um, what? And I don't, Apollo 15, I don't know what they did, but I'm sure they orbited the moon at some point, right? Yeah. They never heard it.
1: Well, and I'm pretty sure either Buzz or Neil are very adamant about Seeing stuff up there, and they have yeah. a reputation for. It. I forget which one. I'm pretty sure it's Neil Armstrong is the one yeah. that talks about it. So and these Colin. aren't dumb people. Like no. that's the thing that freaks me out is mm-hmm. these are people of science. Mm-hmm. Like 100 science and protocol. Like mm-hmm. anything can be explained. Anything can be debunked. These people look for every reason plus one. Well, they were still,
0: like, doing their jobs, too, so, like, you can get, you can read the whole transcript, and I was going through it and reading it, and it was, like, oh, man, that's a weird noise, yeah, and then, like, right after it's, like, some sort of work-related thing that they had to say to each other, and then it's, like, a few minutes later. So just having
1: a normal conversation, but commenting on the weirdness that's happening. Mm -hmm. Like, that's, (laughs) I'm really freaking out over here.
0: (laughs) So Colin's book came out in 1974, but NASA, but NASA didn't officially release these transcripts until 2008. So this led people to believe that NASA was covering up information. And NASA was like, no, we declassified these years ago. We just couldn't share this because we didn't have the internet. So who knows? But the Science Channel has a TV show called NASA's Unexplained Files. Where mm-hmm. you can hear the actual people talking and saying, like, oh my God, do you hear that music? You can hear the sound. It's kind That's of. That's what I want. It's a little bit hard to hear because they have like background noise and like that kind of stuff, like for the show to give sound effects and that kind of thing. So it's a little bit hard to hear, but you can hear it. But hearing them talk and like the way that they're responding to and like reacting, they're calm, but you can tell them like, they're, tell that they're totally like, what the hell is happening? Mm-hmm. And to see that, like, men who, like you said, are men of science, right? Or have that response. And then, like, as they're coming back when they're talking about, like, should we tell them? You could tell they're like shaken up a little.
1: That's insane.
0: So, yeah, that's my story today about the music on the dark side of the moon.
1: Speaking of space sounds, and I'm, by the way, folks, a. Crazy space nerd. Anything <laughs> involving space freaks me out. I love it. The recent missions to Mars with the new rover yeah. there—you can actually hear the Martian wind. And um, another thing too, I think the um, the rover was like breaking up rocks with a laser, and you can mm-hmm. hear those sounds too of it popping rocks. That's cool. And it just—they just sound like snaps, but. Mm just hearing the Martian wind.
0: Hmm. Eerie.
1: It's eerie, but it's so profound because you're hearing another planet. Yeah. For the first time ever. And I highly, highly, highly suggest if you haven't heard it to go Google it and listen to it because it's way more significant than the media play that it got for obvious reasons Mm -hmm. um but it's huge and that's cool yeah it's yeah I just I'm beaming just thinking about
0: it there's another part of the transcript and I was reading it and it was around the time they started hearing the music I can't remember if it was before or after and I one the transcripts like the website I found they were kind of hard to read because they're like old typewriter font and then it was like scanned onto a computer and so it wasn't super clear mm-hmm. but and i'm sure you can find them clear somewhere else i just got lazy and was just looking at the one website but there was one point where one of them goes did is your something i don't remember what it was like burnt up on the outside of your module and the guy goes yeah eerie huh and i don't know what the context was at all but i was just like there was something weird going on i think
1: there's two places where I would just panic mm. completely, and that's one's in space and the other's at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. Anything goes wrong. <laughs> you need to sedate me. <laughs> you, you need to tie me up. You need to put me in a place where I cannot hurt myself or other people. Like <laughs> that. No, 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 no.
0: Have you seen the video of the guy? I think it just recently went viral. He's kayaking in the ocean and a beluga whale comes up and breaches right next to him.
1: Oh, uh, no.
0: It may not, was it, or maybe it was a blue whale. It was like one of the big ones. Is a beluga a huge? A
1: whale. It doesn't a whale. matter.
0: Because a beluga is kayak. the white ones. It wasn't a beluga because those are small, like small for whales. It's like one of the big blue whales. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. Like just blue breaches the, next to him.
1: I'm pretty sure those are the biggest animals on
0: the planet. Yeah. It's huge. Whatever Ugh. it is, it's just giant. Whale. And he's like, in a kayak. Yeah. Wh- one. Wh- what? Why-, why are you that far out in the ocean in a kayak? Uh- <laughs>
1: he's just flexing.
0: Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty intense. And I pooped my pants when I saw it. It was fine.
1: <laughs> my palms are sweaty thinking about that. <laughs> so first of all, originally what I was going to do was the Russian missions, like well, a Soviet missions to Venus. Okay. They're fascinating. The only pictures that we have of the surface of Venus are from these missions. Mm. If you don't know, Venus's atmosphere is so thick that they say it's like walking through like a, a, like liquid. That's how thick Ooh. it is. And they launched a ton of these missions and what's fascinating is you see these pictures. But the surface is so hot and so violent that the satellites are not the satellite, but the, the modules melting as it's doing these. So they only lasted for a certain amount of time. That's insane. So the only, and it's, it could be Nevada for all you know, when you look mm-hmm. at these pictures, but like it, it's so fascinating seeing the the surface of Venus. Definitely look it up. It's incredible. And I'm sure we'll get there there more and more. But eventually, that will be a story that I do. Do you believe in UFOs and aliens mm-hmm. visiting us and all that stuff? Sure. Yeah. So you be- you believe in them actually visiting us? Maybe. Well, I mean, that- the
0: people that they visit, I think, are kind of boring, so. Right. Yeah. Have Maybe. you ever
1: seen a UFO? No. No. I have. Oh. Actually... Out near your neck of the... Very close to you, actually. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Now, when I say that, I'm not saying it was an alien. It was just some stuff in the sky that was moving that I could not explain. Mm -hmm. So there's that. And again, folks, look for crazy stuff, but look at it with a logical mind and realize, yes, it could have been an alien, but (laughs) also it's just some stuff I can't explain, so. Yeah. Anywho... Are you familiar with the abduction of Betty and Barney Hill?
0: I am. Are those the first people that were abducted?
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, I love the story. I, I don't know if they're the first people that were abducted, but they were the main mm-hmm. abduction story. Yeah. I, I really like the story. I really like the story. It's and and I'm just going to scratch the surface on it. I'm going to go through the pos- the event. I'm mm-hmm. doing quotes people cuz Obviously, it's to be questioned.
0: There's a lot.
1: And then I didn't really get specifically into the sessions and stuff, and I'll encourage people to find those elsewhere because.
0: Yeah, because they do um, hypnosis sessions. Yeah, and they're taped. You can actually hear
1: them in it. But, yeah, this, this is an appetizer for you folks. If this sounds interesting, I'll give you a good podcast to start with after this. So, again, as I mentioned, there are a lot of tapes and notes regarding this incident, and some of them are actually really crazy when you listen to them. Some of the, the hypnotic sessions, uh, again, regardless of what you believe on hypnosis and all that stuff, it's still bananas. With that said, a lot of this stuff has been widely disproven and debunked, especially some of the crazier details that... Again, I'm only scratching the surface, but I'll, I'll allude to them and let you know what they are in case you want to do your own research. So take everything I'm about to go into with a giant grain of salt. Yes. So first of all, just going into the hills, the biggest and most important aspect about them were is they were a an interracial couple back mm-hmm. in a time when it wasn't common and, It was very looked down upon. I'm sure it was illegal in certain parts of the country. So there was that. Always consider that as a backdrop to this. So they lived in Portsmouth, New Hampshire.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Barney was an employee of the U.S. Postal Service, and Betty was a social worker. Another really not surprising um, fact about them was they were members of a local Unitarian congregation, Which Unitarians were very involved in the civil rights movement and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. And then they were also members of the NAACP, which, again, not surprising at all.
0: Yep, not surprising.
1: (laughs) Barney, though, and this is impressive, not surprising, but impressive, he sat on a local board of the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights. So locally, he was very involved.
0: And he was the African-American.
1: Yeah, so she was white, he was black.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I don't use the phrase African-American.
0: I usually say black, but I don't know why African American came out that yeah, time. It,
1: it is what it is. Do what you do, folks. I'm not <laughs> criticizing you. I just don't use it because I think Charlize Thrones an African American, technically.
0: Hey, my brother-in-law is an African American, and he's white too. So
1: there you go. So yeah, they were mixed race. Blah blah blah, couple. So their lives would change very, very drastically on September 19th of 1961. <laughs> They were driving back from a vacation that they took up in Canada, and they were heading back to their home in New Hampshire. Barney was driving, and all of this took place on or near U.S. Route 3. I've never been in this area, so I have zero context for this. I also left out a lot of these specific location details on their mm. drive, but I know that one of them, and I think I mentioned it in here, is a... Ski resort up there, like yeah. a well-known ski resort.
0: So I've been to Maine and we drove from like, it was like South Maine to New Hampshire to go to the airport. So I, it's it was a whole thing, but like all of the streets in that area are just like trees. Yeah. Like you like drive down the street and it's just huge, huge trees line all of the streets. You can't see anything past anything.
1: Super remote, yep. super dark, yep. super isolated.
0: And this was even like, because I flew into Boston and even right outside of Boston, as soon as you got out of the city, it was just like trees everywhere. So even if you were close to the city, you felt super isolated when you're on the high, like the streets and like the highways, because they are trees everywhere.
1: And again, just considering the mental state that could put you in, mm-hmm. especially when it's super late at night, especially when you're a mixed race couple driving through the dark, You don't know towns and stuff. It's a lot of stress in the 60s, a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that's something. I'm just saying consider it. So this is late. I forget the time. I think it's around 10 o'clock at night. She starts noticing a strange light moving around the moon. So what I read was it started in like a lower quadrant of the moon, Mm -hmm. and then it moved up.
0: Possibly a Transformer.
1: Possibly, trans- <laughs> possibly transformers possibly transformer. so um, it it made Today's all those
0: episodes mo- bo- brought to you by transformers <laughs> more than meets the eye
1: making all those michael bay <laughs> burp, 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 <laughs> crazy techno noises um alex you definitely keep that in and you enhance that noise that i just made So she, trying to think as logically as possible, just thought it was a falling star, despite the fact that it moved in the opposite directions of falling. So it went up. It was a
0: climbing star.
1: It was a climbing star. A little less common than falling stars. So (laughs) after seeing it move in just some crazy erratic patterns and getting brighter and bigger, she asked Barney to pull over to get a better look. They stopped at a scenic area just south of Twin Mountains. And I'm pretty sure Twin Mountains is the ski resort that I'm thinking of. Okay. Regardless, it's a very important monument that folks from up there could get an idea of. Of course, if you live up there, I'm sure you know this story <laughs> intimately. Yes. Betty grabbed their binoculars and she looked up and actually saw through the light the shape of what looked like a craft. And it was traveling across the moon. Apparently her sister years before had also observed what she said was a flying saucer. And so Betty was thinking back to that and she's like, ah, this must be what my sister was talking about. (laughs) Barney, he saw this. And when he first observed it, he was thinking it was just a commercial airliner, but then he saw the craft. And I don't think from how it was described, he could really comprehend it, but, The craft was moving in one direction, and then it was landing near them. So, Hmm. against any laws of physics, anything like that, it was doing one thing, and then it was doing something completely different. And this freaked him out.
0: Yeah, as it would.
1: Yeah, and at this point, he was just like, Bo, let's get back in the General Lee and get out (laughs) of here. And so... He got Betty to get back in the car, and as he was running to the car, apparently he saw this thing shift above the car, which freaked him out even more. And he told her to keep an eye on it, but he just got out of there as quickly as possible. As they're driving, they keep seeing this thing flying all over the place in ways that it shouldn't be able to move, according to anything that humans have laid eyes on. And Betty was able to get a better idea of how big it was. And according to her, based on a a natural um, uh, thing, I think it was some cliffside that she was looking at, she estimated it being about 40 feet long, and it was rotating. Ooh. What?
0: I don't know. I was just imagining a 40-foot-long... Oh, I, I yeah. thought
1: you... It looks like you yeah. were reading something, and you found Oh, I was this.
0: reading something. Actually, it was Buzz Aldrin that they said claim to see a UFO, but apparently that's fake.
1: Oh, well, that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, Barney was forced to ultimately stop again after he saw this thing rapidly descend straight towards him, and it held in a in a hovering pattern, they say, between 80 and 100 feet above the highway. Keep in mind, too, Barney is stopped in the middle of the highway. Oof. So yeah. I guess in these remote highways, so there's probably not a lot of places to stop. Yeah. Barney described what he saw as a pancake. He ended up grabbing his binoculars, and he had a gun in the car as well, and he grabbed that, put it in his pocket, jumped out of the car to get a better look at this thing. According to Barney, he put the binoculars up to his face, and he saw, I said around 10, 10, the numbers described was like 8 to 11, which I thought was a really weird number. (laughs) Saw around 10 humanoid figures standing in the craft, and they were looking straight at him.
0: Oh, (laughs) creepy. Right.
1: And as he's looking at these figures, they all, except for one, just kind of disappear into a panel in the wall. But this one still looking at him is speaking to him telepathically saying... Stay there. Keep looking.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So after that, he again got super scared, jumped back in the car, tried to get away from there. And at this point, that didn't work. And they got tractor beamed up.
0: Mm. What would you do if an alien telepathically said, stay there and keep looking at me?
1: (laughs) i I don't know yeah. i i don't i don't if I saw a, a an actual alien spacecraft that mm-hmm. I could more than not believe that it was an alien spacecraft, I'd probably pass out yeah right there, so the alien wouldn't be able to communicate with me telepathically that's fair if i had the <laughs> if I could stick around like if I kept my wits about me and something was speaking to me in my head. Again, I'd probably have some sort of existential crisis because something was in my head, <laughs> and probably turn into just this mess of a man. You just like but, melt
0: to the ground. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Ideally, though, I'd probably just like say something witty back. Yeah. But that that wouldn't happen. It'd be yeah. one of the other two where I my- end up in just a like, crumbling mental mess.
0: Yeah, my sarcasm might come out. I'd be like, mm, "No, <laughs> we'll not." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue. Sorry.
1: I and and honestly, too, it for me. Granted, it, it sounds like this thing was stalking them, but like, I would have tried to just blend into the forest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can't and see just, me,
1: and it would have never gotten to this point.
0: Would you have turned like Jurassic Park style, like? They can't see you if you don't move. Just like no. Totally
1: <laughs> no. I would have been looking for a cave. I would have been looking for anything to hide the fact that I was even there. <laughs> <laughs> and that's assuming they don't have predator vision. So, oh, yeah.
0: That's another level.
1: I know I'd be talking to myself like, man, you got to get out of here, but they probably have the technology to find you anyway. <laughs> even if you did get out of here, let's find a cave, but I'm sure they can see you through the walls because you have some, summer th- you know, like I'd be,
0: well, and if they can send messages into your mind, they can read your mind. You would think. Yeah. So yeah. they're going to know where you're going to go.
1: Yeah. It's just like leaving the radio. on.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're just listening to my sad monologue in my head <laughs> as I'm terrified. <laughs>
0: Maybe if you're just like turned super depressed, like they don't they're not gonna abduct me. They don't I'm boring. They don't need me. They're or I'd be like, like man, at least man. I get out
1: by student loan debt. <laughs> you know, just start talking about all the reasons that it'd be good for them to abduct me. They're like, we don't want this guy. He's a loser.
0: At least it's not a mass shooting today.
1: Right. <laughs> like, oh, I just got dark.
0: Yeah, sorry. Cut that out, Alex.
1: Um so They run. It doesn't work. They get tractor beamed. And from what they say, the last thing they remember was this weird sound coming from their trunk.
0: Was it? And they
1: black out. And then what's strange is when they came to, they were about 35 miles south of where they previously were. And they have no idea how they got there.
0: Maybe they were so scared they disassociated, though.
1: Yeah, and that's a possibility. And Mm -hmm. also, as I was doing this research, I thought about, granted, this wouldn't be mass because there's two people, but mass hysteria, we Mm -hmm. we spoke about that. And, you know, they're tired. They could be stressed. They've been driving, all this Mm -hmm. stuff. I'm sure the work week's coming up. They're thinking about that. And, yeah, they could be playing off each other. You Mm -hmm. know, they could be freaking each other out. They could be. They could have said, hey, let's make up this crazy story and see if we can yeah. get famous off of it. We don't know. That's true. So, all I know is the story's weird. It's creepy. And even knowing the debunking stuff, it's still fun to dive yeah. into and still really weird. And I still highly suggest you diving into it, folks, if you haven't. So yeah. despite my... Uh, my doubts in it. So let's see, let's see, let's see. Eventually they made it home back uh back in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And what's weird is they were acting strangely and noticed each other acting strangely. Like for instance, Betty was very particular about putting their luggage towards the back door instead of just like putting it in their house, mm-hmm. just in a random place. The binocular straps were ripped. Barney had zero recollection of how they got ripped. And what's weird is both their watches stopped working and they never worked again. Oh. Yes. That's weird. Uh, Another instance or another detail that was important was Barney's shoes were messed up, like scraped up, scuffed up. And I guess he was very particular about his look and his fashion Mm -hmm. and all that stuff and and this was very this is something that he would find very unacceptable so it was odd for him to be in a situation where he'd mess up his shoes they would both end up taking very long showers after this and going to bed so there was a there was an instance too that was strange where obviously you know after something like this happens you're gonna try to figure out what happened what you remembered all that kind of stuff yeah Betty had this weird back and forth with her dress where she put it in her closet and then she was like, I don't need it. It's it's ripped up beyond repair. So she threw it away, but then she got it out of the trash. And at one point, she noticed some sort of pink residue on it and then she hung it up to dry Ew. and then all the pink residue went away. And she actually had it tested a few different times chemically over the years, and I didn't really get into if they found anything. I'm assuming they didn't because I don't think we they have did. not heard about it but yeah for so for whatever reason, she had this weird merry go round with her dress and another thing of note, which was interesting that they claim was there were these circles, these like sparkly circles on the back of their car mm-hmm. And they weren't there the day before, and whenever they would put a compass next to it, the hands on the compass would just start spinning around erratically, and when they pulled away, it would stop.
0: I hate that.
1: Ten days after the incident, Betty started to have dreams recalling what happened, or at least that's what she thinks, And she started to write down the details. And I guess at some point, these dreams just drastically are just suddenly stopped. But I'm going to describe the dream. And this is kind of the narrative of what happened on their little journey. And this is kind of as deep as I get into it. So in the dream, she and Barney were met by men. And they were told to walk up the ramp into the disc-shaped ship, the disk (laughs) Disc-shaped ship.
0: could also be a dish-shaped ship.
1: Dish-shaped ship. Yeah. Wow.
0: I I have a patient who I'm working on intelligibility, and I gave her a bunch of tongue twisters, and that just reminded me of that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So that's very difficult to say, no matter how you say it.
0: Dish-shaped ship. Yep.
1: Anyway... Once they got in the craft, they were separated, which obviously if you're being escorted into an interstellar spacecraft and you're separated from the only other human who, yeah, it's going to worry a little Mm -mm. bit. So she said something about this, and an individual, which she referred to as the leader, Mm. informed her that if they were to be examined together, it would just take way too long.
0: Okay. And okay, so she, I mean, huh? which makes right.
1: sense, but because mm. humans, but
0: like at the same time, kind of thing, but like
1: it you know. feels like she accepted this way. To, like, all right,
0: yeah, I mean, I guess, <laughs> all right,
1: uh, if, you, if you put it that way. So the leader took her into another room away from Barney, and they were joined by an individual which she referred to as the examiner. Okay. Both the leader and the examiner would communicate to her in English, all but right. she did mention that the examiner's English was more difficult to decipher. So I imagine as some weird broken English. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you consider this is all being done telepathically as well. So get- yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. You really mess with somebody's head if you can talk telepathically, but you do it in, like, a broken language. Yeah,
0: <laughs> like The thought of that's I, really funny to me. Also, maybe she... It's so she, unnecessary. Yeah, maybe she accepted, like, the separation thing. Like, the whole thing is so illogical that she, like, one piece of logic was just like, okay. I it's, like, cling to that logic. Like, there was a
1: good reason for... Like, yeah. they had a reason... Yeah. There's utility in the separations. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, uh, okay. Got
0: it. If the oh. aliens
1: would have, like, hesitated for a minute. Like, I, I mean, because if, I'm just saying, like, maybe she would have been a little bit more sketched out, but mm-hmm. they're like, oh, no, keep you guys together. What takes 30 minutes take, like, an hour and a half. We don't have time for that.
0: Yeah. Okay. That makes you sense. You want to get home. Yeah. <laughs> you, you need to make dinner. It's fine. Good. It's- We're all just collecting a paycheck. <laughs> yeah. So it's closing time. Like we got to get this figured out.
1: The examiner explained to her though, that he was going to do some tests because they wanted to see what made the two things different. Like I want to know what makes you tick as compared to us. So they did the standard. I mean, it just sounded like a physical, you know, you know, check the eyes, check the throat you know, did a reflex test. I always I, I like to imagine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it said they would take like hair, nail samples, examined eyes, ears, mouth, teeth, throat, hands, uh, it got a little scraping tool and got some skin flakes mm-hmm. off of that and oddly enough, put it into something that they said resembled cellophane.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: So and then they were like, yeah, we gotta test your nervous system. And in order to do that, they shoved a needle into her belly button.
0: No, thank you. Mm -mm. Nope. Mm.
1: (laughs) And according to Betty, this was very uncomfortable and in fact was overwhelmingly excruciatingly painful Mm. until the leader came up to her, did some Jedi stuff and stopped the pain.
0: I mean, I believe that that was really painful because I had a laparoscopic procedure one Uh time and they took a needle and like stuck it directly into my belly button to fill my stomach full of air so they could like lift it up and get it out of the way. They were seeing if I had endometriosis. And that was the most painful part of the whole thing. Yeah. Was trying to recover from the needle in my belly button. I didn't love it.
1: Yeah. So leader made her pain go away.
0: I mean I could have used that.
1: (laughs) So After the examiner leaves, she and the leader start shooting the breeze for a little bit. She looks on the coffee table, and of course I'm being a little facetious here. I was like, tell me more. But she notices a strange book with strange symbols on it. And the leader's just like, oh yeah, you keep that. Hmm. She, being a little more, you know, having more presence of mind than I would have in this situation, is like, yeah, where does this come from? <laughs> yeah, and so he just lowers a star map, and he's like, "This is where it comes from."
0: Like a projector screen.
1: Yeah, I always like imagined a projector screen. <laughs> I'm sure it was something a little more.
0: Those um, old school pole maps that they used to have. Yeah, it's just. Here's he and he takes Here's it takes a few tries
1: for it to lock down. <laughs> he's like, just cursing to himself.
0: Yeah. And in the middle of him trying to tell, it like wraps back up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he has his little pointer. Yeah. All that advanced technology. And so, he has like a
0: whole Pinky in the Brain or animadiac song of like pointing to all the stars and telling their, where they all are.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: Yeah. Perfect.
1: So, anyway, I'm glad we were in lockstep there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Eventually. we friends. <laughs> And I couldn't really find what happened. But they were kicked off the ship because some sort of argument ensued with these interstellar beings.
0: What? Okay.
1: Maybe they were complaining to reception. About, I I don't know. But They're regardless,
0: questions.
1: these people are like, y'all got to go. And the leader took back the book, and he was just like, yeah, you can't have this anymore.
0: <laughs> Closing time. Like I said, they were like, we got to get out of here. It's
1: like, we had rules. You yeah. broke the rules. You don't get the book anymore. Get out.
0: We told you this is going to take longer than we wanted it to if you came together. Now you made it take longer than we wanted it to when you were separated. So,
1: But... The leader also mentioned, too, that the reason that she couldn't have the book anymore was because whatever conflict ensued, the rest of them didn't want the Hills to remember what happened, in which Betty was just like, it doesn't matter if you want us to remember what happened. We're going to remember this.
0: I this, forgot this that you their forget. last name was Hill. So when you're like, they didn't want the Hills to remember what happened. I was like imagining the Hills that they were driving on. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, wait, no, the people. The people."
1: It's like, man, Jared's getting deep with this That's story.
0: Like, they didn't want the hills to have memories.
1: But <laughs> well, yeah, she was just like, yeah, we're going to remember this. This is crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So over the years, they told this story many times. They tried to report it to the Air Force, which the Air Force actually took the interview. Mm-hmm. And they followed up on the interview
0: The Air Force, before Trump made the Space Force, was actually the people who managed space. Right. Mm
1: -hmm. Which, I mean, makes sense. But anyway. Yeah. They also went under hypnosis famously several times. And I highly suggest you listen to these interviews, the ones that are available. Barney's is very messed up. Mm -hmm. and very uncomfortable and whatever state of mind he was in the man needed some serious help and you can tell that from listening to it it's Mm -hmm. it's hard to listen to just hearing a human being distressed that much is difficult now there was even this
0: another like weird theory so they were an interracial couple uh-huh. So maybe they were more interested in him because he looked so different from her or something. So maybe they were more intense with their examination for him.
1: And I think, I don't know if in things I've listened to mention that or not. Yeah, that's just um, where my brain goes. But no, and th- that mm-hmm. makes sense. But yeah, at the same time, though, if you're an alien, granted, I'm sure you've been observing humankind and this is Jared trying to figure out the thought processes of theoretical beings, but I'm sure a black one and a white one would be equally as intriguing, especially when one is a woman and one's a dude. Yeah. You know, at the the worst, they'd probably think that men look like this Mm -hmm. and women look like that, you know? Yeah, I guess that's fair. But yeah, I'm sure it was intriguing, though. Mm -hmm. Nonetheless. So... There was even this weird instance in the, I think it was in the 60s, the late 60s, where there was a book written about this happening. And mm-hmm. in this book, Betty had remembered that star map and wrote down drawings yeah. of it. And this this amateur astronomer slash grade school teacher read the book and saw the star map, and she was just like, I want to see if there's any stars in the skies that match this, and for the longest time, it matched up f- intriguingly well with stars in the Zeta Reticuli system. Mm-hmm. And so this, for the longest time, is used as proof. Like, oh, yeah, it came from Zeta Reticuli. She recalled it. How could she blah, 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 blah. But this has been debunked since then, too. Uh-huh. So, again, I'm I not going to I bet if get they really the had done
0: an Animadiac song, she would know where they what the stars were.
1: I'm sure that's how she came to Zeta Reticuli. She mm-hmm. started going through all the different systems, and yeah. <laughs> so really, all in all, they really they had a big impact on American pop culture yeah. and the UFO community as a whole overall. Which, you know, while I hate conspiracies and all that kind of stuff, the UFO community is very crucial to. American culture, um American mm-hmm. pop culture, and the hills probably they were the most famous, earliest, most famous sighting abduction, whatever, yeah. but they also contributed more to the lore of alien abductions than a lot of people have as well
0: yeah, 'cause they're like the sketch of what they describe the aliens is pretty much what you imagine an alien to look like. I like don't the- think
1: theirs were the greys. Mm, I, I, I thought theirs were like people, but There's I could a be wrong.
0: Bust. There's like a picture, and I googled it of a bust next to like her dress, and it looks like oh. the greys. Well, maybe
1: they were the greys. At no, the end of the day, this is though, just in
0: Google Images, so I don't have like any information of the picture. It's just there.
1: Betty ended up. Being a celebrity in the uFO community for a long time, going to cons and having talks and all that, unfortunately george George, wow, Barney. this was Barney, this was another story. Barney ended up dying of a cerebral brain hemorrhage in sixty nine at the age of forty six and Betty ended up 46? living six yeah, that's young. Uh, Betty died at 85 of cancer in the 2000s, but she never remarried. So, but yeah, this is a really interesting story, especially if you're curious about alien abductions and stuff like that. Again, take it with a big grain of salt. I don't want to discount people's open minds and imaginations, but at the same time, look for real facts. But the best... Account of this that I've heard is a podcast called Stranger Rivals, and they do a multiple episode series. Oh, that's and cool. they actually just started a season two of Stranger Rivals, not about the hills, but about a different um, instance. But and that's want, why
0: We Drink has an episode about it too. I think it's episode 49. I googled it while you were talking,
1: and I'm pretty sure, uh, I'm Buzzfeed's probably done it, and hmm. then, um. What is uh, I can't think of it right now. Um, with the three people, they're not a podcast anymore. Um, the one thinking one sideways, you, thinking yeah, sideways. that one that had on it as well. To a while ago. Yeah, yeah, they had one on it, which is I think is where I first heard it. But cool story, folks. Interesting story.
0: It's very interesting.
1: Strange story.
0: There's a Sad bunch story. of podcasts that have done it. I just googled it.
1: Yeah, and we'll add ourselves to the many that did so all right but yeah i uh uh, aliens can be out there i don't think they've ever visited earth and i i honestly think if some higher being ever saw earth they'd be like nah (laughs) 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 no thank you and their friends would be like hey what was that planet like i don't want to talk about it no yeah
0: Mm -hmm. bad news bears yeah let's
1: just let's just leave them alone yeah They'll wipe each other out eventually yeah, anyway.
0: They, we don't we don't want to go there. We'll probe us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. So Yeah. Where I, I wanna like read about all this stuff now. There's so
1: Well, I want to listen to this podcast again. It's so interesting. Yeah. And what's what's good about the last um, the Strange Arrivals one is they talk about everything at length and then they kind of go into the debunking stuff as well. That's cool. So you'll you'll get the full story of it.
0: But and they don't do they it in an as...
1: irreverent way, though.
0: That's cool. Yeah. That's why we drink. Pretty much, they like to play on the cons- not really conspiracy theory side, but on the like, let's let's think that aliens are real and this that kind of stuff. So they, which makes it fun too. I like it.
1: I'm sure you and I could do that yeah. very easily. Yeah. But
0: I, I kind of did a little bit with the music, but.
1: Hey. Uh. Cool. Well, uh, where can the good, what the factors communicate with us?
0: If you want to tell us about when you saw a UFO, uh, you can email us at wildwildwhatTF at gmail.com. You can also tweet at us at wildwildwhatTF at Twitter. And if you want to see some pictures, wildwildwhatTF podcast at Instagram. So that's it, I think. I'm in the middle of making a website, so I'll talk about that next time. Very nice. Mm.
1: Yeah. We'll see That's you next nice. time folks.
0: See ya. <laughs>